Hello, everybody. In today's Interview with Experts series interview, we have John North, who is joining us. Uh, John is a best-selling author, and he is the co-founder of the Evolvepreneur Club and also Experts Network TV. So thank you for joining us today, John. It's a pleasure to have you on board. Thanks heaps for coming and having me along. It's really excellent to be able to talk to you. Okay. Um, so, John, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how did you actually um, become to experience the results that you had with, with LinkedIn, uh, especially as a best-selling author? Okay, where do I start? <laughs> I think basically, and you know, I talked to you a bit about, I had a bit of a banking background and I actually started a business up a yep. long, long time ago. In fact, I think it was back in 1990 when the computer age first started and there was all this new stuff coming out, new computer things and all that sort of stuff. So I got, became a bit of an expert. And so originally when I um, set my business up, obviously like everybody else, we created a LinkedIn profile, which did nothing. And then basically along the way, I started doing, you know, I got out of banking and ended up doing IT and accounting and all that sort of stuff and ended up actually selling that company and actually started doing marketing for people. And I was off doing all these networking functions as you do when you first start a business, right? So you go out and these go on these. And what I realised was they all they wanted to do was drink and talk rubbish. They didn't really want to do business, right? So it was driving me insane, and they couldn't afford me anyway. So I actually started and thought, oh, I'll get to LinkedIn. And one thing that dawned on me that that's deadly obvious, and I actually spoke to someone who knew about it, was that there's a big world out there. And so I started kind of marketing um, LinkedIn. Um, out to the bigger, wider audience and realised that there was lots of people out there that would pay faster because um, Australians are quite slow at making decisions. So it used to drive me insane. So I got to, to the American particularly and started getting clients. And one stage there, we ran a campaign for 90 days and I ended up with, with $150,000 worth of revenue after that 90-day 90 90 cycle. Nice. And that's simply by just finding people on LinkedIn and asking whether they wanted to do a book. And we went through the whole process of, of doing that and we ended up with about 10 or 15 authors out of the process. So that's kind of where we got our publishing business off the ground because we managed to go and target people and find suitable authors and people that were actually in business willing to pay the price to do it. And so that's kind of how it got to that point. But it was interesting that, that a lot of people don't think about the fact that their audience is not just their local people, it's out there everywhere. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, that was kind of the sort of epiphany that I had one day on LinkedIn. Um, it's, it's fantastic. We do live in an international world, especially business-wise yeah. these days. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I could basically tomorrow wake up tomorrow and decide I'm going to tap a different audience. Um, and I think that's the thing about being online nowadays is you can just say, okay, I'm going to start changing. Because I always have a lot of clients where we do consulting, coaching work with, and I say, it's your business. You can do whatever you want. So don't sit there and tell me that you can't do this and you can't do that you can actually do anything you want because it's your business. So if you want to sack yep. all your customers tomorrow and start again, then you can do that. It's your business. It's the only thing you control is what happens inside your walls. Yep. And Absolutely. I think that's the thing that people forget is that they can just simply start again tomorrow. If, you're, if your business is not going well um, and you want to change it, don't, don't always think that you've got to keep on flogging away at the same horse all the time. Well, there's the old saying, if one approach is not working for you, change your approach. That's exactly right. And I think that's, that's the power of LinkedIn because you can basically then turn around and, and target a different audience, talk to different people. And that's what happened to us. I mean, I found that particularly the American market much faster making decisions. They were kind of almost programmed to do it. Whereas other markets, the UK, Australia, are quite slow. They want to check out the options. They want to see everything in writing. You know, it's a much more slower process. So you've got to look at those personalities and who you're dealing with. And sometimes it works better to find a different market. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And and um, I agree with you there wholeheartedly. And the, the thing that I have found with LinkedIn is I describe LinkedIn as the world's largest database of businesses. Mm, yes. Yeah. And, and, and some interesting information in there you'll find out that you won't find anywhere else online. For absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's quite an extraordinary resource, when, especially when you really have a look at what it makes available to you. Even with a free account, with, with a non-subscribed account, you've still got yeah. access to a lot of uh, information about different uh, niches, different target audiences, different target markets um, that you can approach, that you can build relationships with. Yep. Yeah, and I think it's a great way to find, like, whenever I talk to anybody or people book appointments or whatever, because part of our, our process was to basically find someone, connect to them, send them a welcome message, give them a free book, um, and then basically go from there, start the, start the conversation, and then they'd book an appointment for me. So the first time I'd know about it was an appointment come through. So yep. then I go, I wonder who this person is. So I go and check them out on LinkedIn. So it's kind of the reverse option where they've already done all the work. They knew more about me than I knew about them. Yeah, um, okay. in that situation, but at least we'd set that scene up um, about it. And I think the biggest challenge in every with the guys and like you at the same situation as me when you start looking at what you do, it gets quite confusing. You do this and you do that and you do this. And so my mission for the last two years is trying to condense it into one thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's a tough one. And, and, and I see that a lot with a lot of people I deal with too. They've got so many things going on. But what really makes the money? Where do they? What's the key thing that they need to focus on? What's their branding? That's that's good advice, there. Absolutely. Um, and so, when you actually became a best-selling author, uh, yeah. apart from it being able to send people a, a copy of your book, of course, um, yeah. how did becoming a best-selling author help you and your particular business? Well, the first time my first book I wrote, I was actually going to the US, and I did it in a real hurry, and I got a ghostwriter to write it for me, and did everything wrong, right? Um, but it was, it was on me, like it was almost my own experiment and, and we kind of made a fairly, I got the best selling, but it was very basic. Like I think there's one or two categories and it wasn't very exciting in comparison to what we do now. Mm -hmm. But I took the book with me and I started talking with people. So as soon as you have a book that you either it's digital or, you know, physical, like you're picking it up and giving it to someone that creates a whole different relationship than handing them a business card. So you're almost yes. handing them a brochure if you like. But the reality is it's telling them that you prove that you know what you're talking about. And that conversation changes. So simply by being an author, um, you basically got that instant, and I always say authors are short for authority, is that an instant authority with that client. It's almost saying, well, you obviously wrote a book about it, or it doesn't really matter because we actually had a book which I had everything you know about marketing is wrong, we wrote, which is the yep. one we got most of the authors from. Okay. Um, so it's like, well, hang on a minute, that's about marketing, not about writing books. But they looked at it and thought, oh, you've written a book. You obviously know what you're talking about. So that gets rid of all those, those preconceptions or, or you know, can you, can you really do what you say you can do? So it changes the conversation into how can you help me and how much money is it going to cost me conversations rather than, oh, can we prove to me that you can do what you're telling me you're doing? And that's a difference, I think. And then obviously there's a big difference between being an author and a best-selling author because obviously that gives a conversation then and that best-selling then gets you into media and stuff like that as well because not everybody's a best-selling author. Yeah. And, so, um, and over the years, we've refined that process a lot more. I mean, the latest book we did, we got 47 number ones in four countries for this client, um, which is probably one of our best out outcomes we've got. And so, you know, it's, it's obvious that he's a best-selling author because he's got so many different categories in, in Amazon. And I think that's the key to it is, is proof, social proof. People don't trust people, right? Yeah. It's, 
And that's one of the things that things have changed in sales. You know, once upon a time you can make a sale and almost get away with that trust by just building it on the spot. Now people research you, they find out about you in advance. So you've got to have that, almost that bank of credibility before you talk to them. And a book's the easiest, quickest way to do it. So it adds that social proof and it basically enhances your perception or people's perception of you being an authority within your industry. Yeah, yeah. And and sometimes it can be, you know, like you can, we've done situations where we repurpose books for different industries too. Mm-hmm. So the same book but really different title or whatever. So that can be very powerful because you can basically attack one industry and then turn around and go, okay, I'm going to go after another industry. I'm just going to change the wording or something or whatever in the book and suddenly you've got another book that fits that industry so it can be very targeted too depending on what you write and how much of an emphasis is placed on the title of the book um, as, as far as positioning yourself as an authority within your industry um, probably the most paramount so people say don't you know judge a book by its cover yeah. <laughs> um, well people judge a book by its cover and its title and yep. so some people, um, they, and we spend a lot of time with a lot of authors that have already published books sometimes or about to publish books, and they'll give you the title. And sometimes it's, they can't even remember it themselves. In fact, that's one of the mistakes that I made with my first book. My title's so long, I can't even remember it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it was written because um, the, the, real, the idea was make it keyword rich, right? And it's like, I can't remember the name. It's like it's, it's something about internet marketing, but I can't remember that. And so... It's like we're actually changing that book. We're actually redoing that book and calling it Net Marketing Secrets because it's basically a, a much easier book to remember. So number one, you've got to remember the title, right? So you've got to be able to say it and say it pretty quickly and people get it. And and a lot of people think, oh, I just come up with a title. And I say, how many times did you think about this title or work it out? So once or twice, chucked it around a bit. I said, you should really write 100 before you write this title. You should really sit there and try it and figure out what people react to and spend a lot of time on it. In fact, we often spend more time doing the title and the cover than we do writing a book. Really? So yeah. you're suggesting write down a hundred titles and then try and create a short list. Yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes it morphs, like sometimes it'll come out of, and it's really funny because every time I do a title workshop and a cover workshop with a client, I always go in thinking we're not going to get this done today. We're going to have to come back. Yep. But 99% of the time, we've always come away with something that's actually reinvented their business. That's interesting. So, yeah. So we had a client the other day, um, actually two clients we did with, you know, we came back with book titles that she said, Oh, that fits my business. Exactly. I'm going to go off on a, that's the way I'm going to build my business now. And it's like, it, it was an epiphany for them to be able to figure out where they're doing because the book pulls it together. You've got to, you can't tell lies in a book, right? Yeah. You will not write lies in their own book. So it has to be truthful. It has to be them. Yeah. And what happens is that whole thing becomes an infrastructure. And it's kind of what I did with the five stages of entrepreneurial success is I pre-wrote, I wrote this book two years before we actually did what we were going to do. Okay. Um, because it was a blueprint. And what I wanted to do was write this book and everything in the book was basically my blueprint for the, for the platform we were going to write. But I wanted to test the theory first. I wanted to make sure I could actually make sense. Right. right. People could understand it first. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, so sometimes a book is a great way to kind of figure out something, um, yeah. whether the market even wants your information, right? Okay, interesting. And so as a result of um, you, your experience as an author, what have been the, the best things that have happened to you and your business as, as a result of some of the books that you've written? Um, I think it's people I've met, like some of the authors we've picked up on uh, off from doing the book ourselves. So I, f- I find that at the end of the day, it's almost like you've got to eat your own dog food, all right? Yep. 
um, and and a lot of people don't right a lot of people actually don't even use their own services or don't even do their own things and I think that's dangerous because then you don't you don't you know quality you don't guarantee it you don't value it you know it means much different so really what I found is I've met some very interesting people some very connected people as a result of the book and I think it takes you to the next level it's almost like it's a bit more of an inner circle concept yeah where people will actually pay attention to you. So I've been able to get into places with that book that I never would have got normally. Um, yes. and, and it's great leading to start with. So okay. as soon as you say you're a bit like where I'm, I'm currently a five time bestselling author. My plan is to get to 10 in the next couple of years. So we've got to basically do a book a year yeah. um, for the next five years. And, but it has to be a book about what, we're doing or something like that. So the latest book is about publishing because we figured that since we're a publisher, we should write a book about how to write a book, right? Yeah, makes sense. So we made, yeah, so we made, we made a book called Publishing Marketing Secrets and um, for entrepreneurs. And so basically um, that gave me a, a, another model to work off then. So we've got a, then we're going to build a course around and stuff like that. So for us, it's like write a book, build a business. Um, and uh, I mean, a lot of people would look, look at a book and say, okay, it's got so many pages in it. Um, how do I go about writing or compiling all the content yep. that, that I would yep. want to put together in, in, in my own book or that I would want it to include? Um, how long does it actually take to write a book and to, to piece it all together to create this, this personal masterpiece that people might describe it as um, that they, that's, that's yeah. their, their book? It's a funny one, actually, because I think a lot of people go, well, I have to lock myself in a cabin for 12 months and, and you know, get completely cut from society. But when you think of, do the math, right? So I used to be, um, I used to work for a bank and I also got accounting qualifications, not to have ever traded as an accountant. But the idea is to think about the numbers. Numbers relate to everything in business, like numbers mm. relate to everything, right? And so if you look at an average book like my, that this one here, I think is about 200 and some five stages, about 220 pages. It's about 50,000 words ish. Right. Um, the other book I think is about 40 odd thousand words. So if you think about that, you can speak about 5,000 words an hour on average. So let's say two to 3,000 of that's actual valuable stuff and the rest is fluff, right? So, Really, you could speak a book in a day. In eight hours, you could basically speak enough content to get that book done. Yeah. And, and what a lot of people do is they, and you see it in the movies, right? They sit down on a blank sheet of paper and they start trying to write this book. That's how and, we've all been conditioned. That's, that's how yeah. we all believe a book. It's the bizarrest thing because what happens then is you completely <laughs> go blank, right? You go, well, I've, I've got nothing, right? I'm not very creative now. And the reality is a writer, so the difference between an author and a writer you've got to understand that a writer gets up every day and writes. That's their job, right? Yeah. An author doesn't get up in every day and write a book. And so, you know, like Stephen King had to write under another name because his publisher wouldn't let him write as many books as he wanted to write, right? Because he writes every day. Right. And so that's his job. But most authors or business entrepreneurs can't do that, right? The reality is they write a lot of stuff, but the reality is they don't, it's not relevant. So, you can't do it. So you're forcing yourself to do something you're not used to doing. So it's going to fail for starters. So by having that strategy around, number one, we, when we talk to a client, whether they're a talker, they're great if they're a talker, right? Yeah. If they've got a lot to say, then fantastic. We just simply record those interviews and turn them into a book. If they aren't a talker, but they've probably got a lot of assets because if they're not a talker, they've probably wrote lots of blogs. They've probably got lots of content sitting there. So the other way around, they've done a lot of stuff. You need to do an asset 
search and find stuff. So don't just start a book up tomorrow and say, I'm going to write this fresh. You've got a lot sitting already you've probably done because you're writing a book about your own um, you know, knowledge or whatever. You've probably got 20, 10, mm-hmm. 20 years of knowledge sitting there or, or even five years worth of, of you know, information you've got. So pull that together. Right. So well, I hope I have 20 years of knowledge sitting now. I'm 54. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if you haven't learned something by now, you're probably never going to. And so, although, you know, some people do the same thing over and over again every year for 20 years, but in this industry, I don't think in IT or, or, or um, the way it works in, with um, cloud, you could ever do that anymore. But do an audit, find out what you've got, and yep. then find a strategy to create that book that, that you enjoy. Right. So if you enjoy talking, then talk and then transcribe. Yeah. And then we get an editor to clean that up and, and fix it up and make it sound logical because if you try and edit as you go, again, you suddenly stop your creativity. Yes. So just get it done and get it out and then figure out the mess later. Um, and you'll be far more creative. And then pick times when you're creative. So if you're an early starter, then start in the morning. If you're late starter, do it at night. But only do it for like an hour or two a day. And you, in, within a month, you could write a book. Wow. You, know, you don't need, because it's not, I'm not no, you're not writing an 800 page book, right? Mm-hmm. You're writing, in my opinion, about 150 to 180 page book is perfectly fine for most markets. That's um, interesting. I've never thought of it that way. Um, and I, I just know myself through the courses that I've created, um, yeah. there have been some times where I, I've just been so flat out and busy working on other th- projects. Um, yeah doing just the, the daily tasks that sometimes you have to wait for your brain to switch into creative mode. And yeah. uh, what, what you described is a perfect way around that. Yeah. And the reality is you look at your course, right? Your course has got a book in there Yeah. because the reality is all the contents there. You just got to strip away what you don't want to say or don't want to tell them. Yeah. And, to, and we always talk about when we do a book, we try and look to the what and the why, but not, not as much of the how. Okay. Number one if your client is the client that's going to come from the book, giving them too much how to do it isn't going to help you. Yeah. And, and it's all just going to attract the wrong sort of people anyway. Yeah. So you need to convince them what is important and, and, and why they should do it. And then focus on the how a little bit. And then how is your, your department come to me and I'll tell you the how I'll do yeah. it for you. That makes and perfect sense. Just, yeah. And if you do it that way, it's a lot easier because you go, okay, great. I don't have to give really deep practical examples and stuff like that. The other way to do it too is you can interview people um, in your industry and create a book out of that. Mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily have to write your own book. You could actually, you know, what they call um, leverage other people's authority or whatever um, and, and write a book with them, like interview them and put that in a book. So it's sort of lots of like lazy ways, if you like, yeah. to create a book. Because really a book is just a long blog now, right? Yeah. <laughs> Some blogs are like that. that can be I don't know if I call it lazy. Book. I just call it working smarter instead of harder. Yeah, and I think the question you've got to ask yourself is what's the easiest way I could do to write this book? Yeah. That's the question, right? So the lazy, lazy mind or the thin, you know, you've got the fat person, the thin person in your head, the fat person is always going to tell you, oh, don't worry about it, you know, do it next week. Yeah. And so you now basically you've got a, a system as such for writing books for clients. Is, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and we've done probably 50-odd client books and we've been involved in about 350 other books for different things along the way. Fantastic. And so we've seen them come and go, right? So we know how to do it. And so we would say we want to write a book in less than not, as little as 90 days without writing a single word. Wow. And, and when you say that as the elevator pitch, people always go, well, how do you do that, right? 
So the client does not write a single word, but you compile it. Yeah, and we have. And you spoke to one client just last week that actually has written three books and never he's never written a single word. Fantastic, because he knows the system, yeah. and he basically um, he's got a lot of content, so he's a talker, right? Yeah. yeah. And because he's and, and one of the biggest clients of mine, he's um, he wrote a book called Kids Don't Get Cancer. He, um, we took a lot of his content from his presentations and he'd done in front of people because he does the same presentation every time. Yeah. So all that content was there. All we had to do is repurpose it. So 60% of that book was done before he even came around to see me. That's great. That's smart. I like that. And out yeah. of all of these books that you've done for clients, how many of them have become bestsellers? All of them, without fail. Without fail, all they're bestsellers. Yes, we guarantee all of it. Them. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's Unless it. they don't want to be. <laughs> and, and usually I don't think I think about a couple of clients that don't want to be bestseller and then of course they, they change their mind along the way but you know generally speaking if they want to be we, we'll get them bestseller status um, in whatever niche they're going to go to yeah wow so there you have it ladies and gentlemen if you want to become a best-selling author speak to John <laughs> that's fantastic yeah, for sure and, and the thing is it's the other thing is we're managing your we're, we're project managing it so one of the things is you can get a book done fast if you're a good project manager yep but most people aren't. And a lot of the guys I deal with have people working for them that does a lot of that. Right. And so in fact, I'm dealing with a guy at the moment, he's a mortgage, uh, like a finance broker and stuff like that. He's very busy and mm -hmm. he's got his receptionist now or his, his admin person helping him finish this book because he can't finish it, but it's the last little bit. So, but it's project management. We're on them all the time to finish this book. Normally when you try and do it on your own, you, you know, there's no one and a lot of people won't tell other people they're writing a book either. Yeah, so they keep it quiet. So in case they don't write it, they don't be embarrassed at barbecues and stuff. Where's your book, right? And so we're on them all the time to make get this thing finished in that period of time. And that's the other key component to this thing is is get it done quickly, not um, agonise over. Like I've been some other day, two years they've taken to write a book. That's too long. Yeah. Um, and you've got to argue that the content is probably in, invalid now anyway. So most of your your clients, your compiling and, and writing a, a, or um, teaming up with them to put together their book, to write their book over what sort of period of time? Probably 90 days. Yeah. 90, 90 days. To, yeah. In fact, um, the very person I spoke to, we spoke to last week, he basically, he says to me, he does this, I don't think he's going to do it to me this year, but every other year he's come to me and said, in three months time, I have this conference. I need a book done by then. And it has to be audio book as well. <laughs> right. And it's like, okay. And so, First 30 days, we spend getting title and cover done and content ready. The next 30 days, we spend writing it. And the last 30 days, we spend publishing it. So, so if you can get it done in that kind of time frame, it's probably good. Um, and the other thing we've done is we've done pre-sales as well, where people would, we do all the design and cover work up front, and then they actually sell a book before it's written. Yep. And, and we actually became a best-selling author for the um, Publishing Secrets book before we wrote it. So wow. in January, we decided to write this book. So we put it up on thing Amazon's with things called pre-order. Put it up on Amazon. We promoted it. We got bestseller status for that book before it was even written. And then we spent two and a half months writing it. Uh, probably a bit less than that. Probably about two months. What's it now? Yeah, it's about two months writing it and then released it. So um, you, you had yeah. pre-sale orders for this book. Yeah, yeah. To the extent yeah, where it went bestseller. Again, and, and so it did twice. <laughs> It did twice because what happens is Amazon actually runs the sell uh, process again. Right. So pre-order, you can actually 
can put up a book cover and a, some really basic content, put up on pre-order and you've got 90 days to write this book. Fantastic. Um, don't they punish you? So what we did is we made all those pre-sales. So when we released the book on the release date, Amazon reruns all those sales again and gets your best seller a second time. Yep. So you actually get two bites of the cherry. But we only do pre-order if we can guarantee that book's going to be delivered on time um, because it's dangerous otherwise because we'll get our account closed or banned for a year because we can't do it again for another 12 months or we miss a deadline. Amazon. Okay, so <laughs> normally, once you've got the book written, how long does it then take to achieve bestseller status? Um, usually, the way that works with the seller is that you've got to get a certain number of sales within a certain period of time. So normally, twenty-four to forty-eight hours um, when we do international, because we've got different time zones and different things to coordinate with. So normally, a forty-eight-hour period, and that's Canada, Australia, United States, and and UK. Right, and within that forty-eight hour period, we should crack enough bestseller categories to to make it look credible. And then you probably get some other sales after that. Yeah, but and that's now signaled to Amazon you're selling books, and now they'll start promoting you as well. So it starts the promotion off, gets things moving. So bestseller is not just about oh great, I'm a best-selling author. No, it's about signaling to the Amazon and the general market that you've got a book available, and generating that initial kind of SEO and and interest in Amazon for it. So it's a start point, not an ending point. It's like, oh, okay, now I've achieved a tick. It's almost like it's a, it's a start campaign to get things moving. So just touching on that SEO comment that you just said, are, are mm -hmm. keywords relevant to your target market an important part of your title of your book? Yes. Yeah. And, and sometimes what we do is we'll, often you'll say like present a problem, solve a problem, right? So sometimes yeah. it's title and subtitle. Um, can be a great way to do it. So the subtitle is great in a book because basically it can be small down the bottom of the book and doesn't interfere with the book. So like for us, we said, you know, we, we did a book called Book Publishing Secrets for Entrepreneurs. Great, we've got, book, we've got keywords there. Yeah. Book publishing, we've got entrepreneurs, so that's nice. Yeah. And then in our subtitles, how to write a book in as little as 90 days without writing a single word, right? Probably not as keyword rich, but it's got some of the key things there, writing right? Okay. Book, right. And so all that's going to get indexed in Google as well as, as, as Amazon. Yep. And every time you publish that book on each platform, you're going to be indexed in Amazon, in Google. Right. So you could have 30, potentially 30, 40 listings in, in Google, you know, within a couple of weeks because all the different platforms have now listed mm -hmm. your book. Yep, so you're absolutely. going to get a Google juice out of that alone. Um, notwithstanding the fact that it's now sitting on Amazon as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, that's, that's really interesting. I'm definitely going to have to talk to you about that some more. Um, <laughs> now, you also mentioned that um, being a bestseller you, with your own experience, and, and I'm assuming your clients have also experienced this, uh, has helped them land interviews with media, with, with yep. other, other areas or other channels. What can you tell us about your experiences there? Um, and it kind of varies. And I actually had this exact conversation with a potential author the other day who says, um, number one, can you guarantee anything in terms of what happens after the book? And I said, nothing, because reality is if you do nothing, you'll get nothing. Sure. And I find a lot of authors think that once they publish the book, then they're going to stop now. Because a lot of times they're so tired too, by the way. They've spent two years writing this book, so they're so tired of it. They actually don't want to do anything with it anymore. They're sick of looking at it. Right. And so um, that's a danger, but that happens. I see it a lot. And so mm -hmm. my book's not selling. It's not because you gave up on it. You mm -hmm. didn't continue on. So... The focus on the strategy that we did at the start when we wrote the book was fundamentally important at the end. So what's happened is 
nine times out of ten when I speak to these guys, I said, why did you write this book? Oh, to help people. And I said, that's probably the worst thing you can write a book about because good deeds don't get to go unpunished. Right. So the reality is what you think about is what was your strategy around the book? What's the customer journey? What they're going to do? So making sure that that connects and that there's something at the end of it. So one of the clients I've got, he does a lot of public speaking. He sells a book from the back of the room. He makes, sells two, 300 books at a time at $20 a pop. You do the math, right? It's not yeah. bad money. But those, those book credibility gets him booked on more presentations. Yes. So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that's an engine that's running through. So he's making extra revenue. It's probably about a half a million dollar business now for him, built off the back of his speaking. So he can speak and make money at the back end and then uses that book to leverage the next time because people in the room might then actually be from another business or another corporate because he does a lot of corporate speaking. They've probably come to a corporate event. His prospects are in the room. Fantastic. So he does that and straight away he's going to get another booking. So his yeah. schedule has doubled, tripled over that last couple of years. Um, and so that's one way of doing it. The other way to do it is obviously like me, I give my book away for free or really cheap at 99 cents because... I want them to get the information to get the confidence that they yeah. want them to do it. So you've got to have a plan to make sure that that, that comes off. Um, you know, and sometimes it gives away thousands of books. So, you know, one of the clients I do, he always gives them away for free, goes to conferences and gives the books away mm -hmm. for free. So you've got to think about that because some people won't spend money on buying books, right? No, I'm not buying the book. Well, don't fill a garage full of them, please. Don't do that. I've got a client that bought <laughs> books and still got 10,000 of them before yeah. I spoke. This is the wrong book, wrong strategy, see? Yeah. And yeah. so, but buy your book and be prepared to give it away if you have to. But use it as a marketing tool and, and work on it. And then we've got plenty of clients that have made good, completely different revenues out of it or completely different businesses. So one of the things that will happen from the book, I'm going to most guarantee is something will come from left field that you never expected. Really? Yeah, it always happens. Something comes out of it that you didn't predict. Can you give us some examples? Um, I'm trying to think about um, probably the best client. Um, and probably the best client of mine is Chris Reed because he basically does a lot of kind of promotions and stuff like that. Yeah. And he's built business like he's built his businesses up from each of those things. So he's always scored so much attention from it. Right, so he's been able to restructure and start whole new businesses off the back of those books that I don't think he would have started if he hadn't had the book in the first place. Okay. So he started, he's engineered whole new businesses and he's repurposed the books recently as well to sell it as courses and things as well. So, you know, he probably never thought about it at the start. At the start, when I first spoke to him about the books, he thought, I'll just do a book and that sounds good and he's really liked the idea, but he hadn't thought about what that would lead him to. Yeah. But... Plenty of times I've spoken to clients that have got bookings on TV, you know, or whatever, and then turned around and something else has happened. Someone's come along and said to them, oh, you know, you should come to this and do that, and suddenly they've got a whole new business. Wow. So, yeah. So it can be, you know, it can be sometimes, like I said, like my Everything You Know About Marketing is Wrong book that we did. Yeah. And there, that was the one that got me the most um, publishing clients. Yes. Of all, right? Yeah. And I don't know why, really, except the fact that it's a nice cover and it does a nice job. But the reality is it's because it proves a point that you can do it. Yes. So that, that was the happenstance to me. Like I never, I was giving those books away. I was trying to get marketing clients, by the way. The messaging and everything was for marketing clients. Mm -hmm. It wasn't for book clients. So and that happened. Well, the headline certainly has an impact. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. So, I was, just, um, yeah. I was just saying the headline certainly has an impact. It, it certainly stands out. 
And the thing was that inside the book, we do talk about book publishing, one of the chapters, but the reality was the book was about marketing clients, not publishing clients. But we found that the quickest way to get um, results was to publish a book. Yeah. So if someone says to me, you want to fast track marketing, write a book. Because it puts everything in one place. It forces you to think logically about your client, who you're writing for. It's It's a business plan at the start, a business and marketing plan. And then from there, you can then say, great, now I've got a vehicle that I can use to actually talk to people. Fantastic. But, but keep doing it. Like keep flogging and say to people, if, this, if you're sick of looking at your book cover, you haven't even started yet. Okay. Because no one else has seen it. <laughs> so what sort of um, pointers or advice would you offer to our audience if, if they're looking to enhance their positioning or as, uh, as an authority within their industry or to, to yep. get started? along this, this process or this road? What sort of uh, takeaways could you to give to um, find Find a way to write a book about something that fits your industry, but don't mm-hmm. necessarily... We call them legacy and logic books. So try not to write a legacy book because everybody right. wants to write a book about how what they, you know, they grew up and what they did and stuff like that. And I'm probably going to write one of them at some point. But the reality is, is a logic book, which is something that is easy to write because you already know about it. So pick an easy target subject to write a book about. Don't pick something hard. Yeah. Right. It's something nice and easy. And the rest reality is the book has to be as big as it needs to be. So, I mean, I know a guy that does carpet laying and he wrote a book about carpet laying. It's five pages long. Okay. Right. There's a book on Amazon that says what men know about women. And it's blank. Yes. I've heard of that. <laughs> and so, you know, it's Isn't there another version what women know about men. Yeah. I've probably that. Yeah. This is a really big one, right? It's the one you can hardly barely lift. So, I mean, the reality is, is that, Sometimes you've got to think about what, what's the best way to go about this, get it done. Yeah. But try to write it in such a way that it, it's almost like your sales process that you go through, yeah. um, that you talk to people about. Think about that first. Get that out of the way. If you want to write a book about, about your legacy or about things in deep, do it as your second book. Don't okay. make it your first book. Because it's almost like um, the first one you write, like my first book, I've got it here somewhere. I think I'm down to one copy now because okay. I don't like it anymore. Like I don't like the title. I don't like the cover. I even don't like the content like as much, right? Because I've moved on from that. I've grown. And so that first book is always the ugly baby, right? And so it's, it's best to get that out of the system and get it started. And then maybe write a second book that from what you've learned from the first book. Right. Um, so write about what you know. Perfect. Yep. Write about when don't have to be perfect. Imperfect action is the best way to go. Okay. Um, don't have to be perfect book. Yes. It's good to get a decent editor and edit it properly. Right. Um, and spend the money. So spend the money in the right places. Okay. Um, in that process, make sure you spend the money in the right places because some people spend a lot of money, spend a lot of money in editing, and spend zero money in the cover design and the titling, and you can tell. Okay. Right. Um, and that's bad. And the other last thing is to make sure that you build what we call a signature story. Yes. So build a story around your book and why you wrote your book and who you are, but also who the customer is as well. So when we write a bio for someone, it's all about the person reading it more so about you and so one of the important things to think about is you're not don't talk about yourself so much talk about what you do for people yeah and and happens not about who you are so much and that's very important so get that whole thing right um in your head first before you start writing the book so know what you're writing who you're writing for what the outcome is going to be and what they're going to do next after they've read the book what's the customer journey get that right book's easy because then it fits in. Okay, okay, great. I know where we're going to start and stop here. 
And from the sounds of things, with with basically, if, if I have this correctly, um, you will actually interview the person or the, yep. the author and you'll tr have those interviews transcribed and then edited to actually yep. form, formulate the book. So you've got authors who basically their books, their best-selling books, um, are, are based on their interviews and they haven't actually physically written a word. Is, is that right? That's right. So yeah, the process yeah. is that easy. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, we did um, the, like the financial guy that I'm dealing with at the moment. He's a very busy guy. He's only two practices, and he's got on the countless staff running around thirty or forty staff running around. He's very busy, so I locked him in his own conference room for two days. Right. And we basically just I just talked spoke to him and recorded everything, and the and the actual editor was with me as well. So we actually came up with all these concepts. So we workshopped the book for two days. Yeah. And it wasn't for two days. It's probably about three or four hours at a pop, all up. But we locked him in, and we got sixty percent of the book, seventy percent of the book content done in those two days. Fantastic. Um, and then, you know, we just got to lock down the last little bit and we're done. So, yeah, yeah think about a smart way to do it. Or like I said, the easiest way you can do it. Um, if you're not a talker, um, then you're probably a writer and you've probably got enough content to be able to recycle that content and bring it out. So um, don't let your ego get in the way of, of writing a book. Yeah. Um, yes. To write a great book, yes, it will probably take you 12 months, two years to write a great book. All you want to do is write a good book. Yeah. So not a bad book, but if you want to write a great book, that takes time, right? That definitely takes time. But we're not in the market of writing great books because great books are a hard work, right? Yeah. You want to write a good book. Next time, maybe you can write a great book, but write a good book. And then, of course, the flow-on effects of, of being that bestseller author yeah. Um, yeah. get you into interviews, uh, media opportunities, seminar opportunities, public speaking opportunities, uh, yeah. bigger business, etc. So the the, the yeah. benefits are quite extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. and then the, the day the conversation started, I would say, like, what I've done previously too is we actually did little mini books of all our client books. So sometimes we give them the mini book, and yeah. they take so they can carry five or six mini books on you on you with plane and stuff, and you give people out a, a sample of your book. Yeah. So they don't even have to give them the whole book. You can actually give them like thirty pages of it. Okay. That's, but that's a great conversation starter. So I'm saying you meet someone on the plane, give them, the, give them your book. That's, that's an interesting conversation because you've got them trapped for a long time, right? So they might okay. have read your book. Did <laughs> <Right? laughs> so, you walk up and down the aisles with a box and hand yeah, out a start book? Yeah, books. Like, you write the latest movies or read a book, right? <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. And, okay, so if somebody wants to get in touch with you about um, authoring a book or putting a book together, how would they get in touch with you? Probably best option is go to evolveglobalpublishing.com. Um, one of the things we've done is we've released a, as part of our new book, we've released a, a secret publishing kit where they actually um, get a lot of extra things that they can use to actually write their own book. And then we've, we've got a, a lead in for a course there that they can go and do a masterclass and, and we'll help them write their book. If they want to do it themselves, that is. If they don't want to do it themselves, well, then they book in time with us and we we basically do it for them. And obviously that's their primary market. But... Um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we'd like to see people write books and, and be successful rather than the opposite, obviously. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. So that was Evolve... Globalpublishing.com. Evolveglobalpublishing.com. And they can also find you, of course, uh, on LinkedIn under yep. John North, A-D-B-F-I-P-A-F-F-A. Yeah, <laughs> so all the qualifications are stuck on the end. Interesting enough, I can actually find out when people are spamming me on LinkedIn because they, when they write the emails, they put that on the end of the email. So I can actually <laughs> tell them they're spam straight away. <laughs> Fantastic. But um, 
and also johnnorth.com.au as well if they want to um, see me. johnnorth.com.au. Well, that's fantastic. John, thank you very much for your time today. It's been great to have this chat and there's some really good insights and takeaways that people can, can consider if they want to become a best-selling author to further them and their businesses, of course. So thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Derek. I really enjoyed talking to you today. Thank you.